Hello and welcome to the Becca's Music Room podcast. My name is Becca and I am an elementary music teacher who loves to share all of the things with all of you. In this podcast, you will get tips, tricks, ideas, lesson plans, and much, much more that you can take directly to your classroom. My goal is for everything to be as simple and easy as possible so that I can take some of the stress out of your life and help you have the best music teaching year ever. So if you are excited for all of the things, then grab a cup of coffee and let's get to it. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the podcast today. I have a guest. So this is Emily Karst from Joyful Noise Teaching over on Instagram and on TBT and all of the things basically. And she is going to help us come up with some more ideas to get us through the end of the year. So thank you, Emily, for being here today. My pleasure. I'm so excited to be here talking to you today. Yeah. So Emily and I have already been, actually, we already recorded a whole other podcast episode. We, we've been chatting it up. So um, I hope you've got your listening ears on and your coffee in hand because we're going to talk your ear off. <laughs> um, tell you all the things today. All, all the things. We're, we just established we're both like have to share all the things with all the people all the time. So yeah. I, hope you're, I hope you're in for it. So Emily, tell us a little bit about yourself and your teaching journey and like where your school is and all that kind of good stuff. Absolutely. So I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I went to school in Columbus, Ohio at Capital University for music ed. And um, I actually got my master's at OSU for um, admin for um, principal. Then I student taught in the same district. We just hung with us as Aileen Miracle of Mrs. Miracle's Music Room. And she was, so she was my cooperating teacher and taught me all the things that I know. Um, it was amazing. It was a great experience. And then I ended up in the same district as her now where I teach. I've been at my, I traveled for two years, which um, I'm talking to music teachers. So a lot of you probably know the unique challenges of being a traveling music teacher It is something else. So I did the traveling life for two years. And then I am now at my current building for my third year in a row. Um, love my current building so much. We're in um, like the northern suburban part of Ohio. Um and yeah, so it's my fifth year teaching and things are going great. The virtual teaching thing threw me for a loop for sure, but I definitely think it enhanced my teaching practice and in a weird way helped me to find my niche as a music teacher um, because I realized like actually using and creating digital resources for my kids is what I'm best at. And I would not have known that if we didn't hit the quarantine, um, but I love it and my kids love it. And I feel like I'm kind of finally finding my own little part of music teaching where I feel most like myself instead of like trying to reinvent what I've seen people do so well for so long. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that today because um, I feel like in a weird way, quarantine helped me thrive more than it hurt me. So I'm excited to talk about that. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I feel kind of the same way that, you know, this year has been crazy, but it has given me um, the gift of time and really made me kind of think through like how I want to teach and what I want to teach and just all those things. Yeah. Um, just as things have been crazy. So what is your school current? Well, I, right now we're filming this on break, but what is your school doing when we go back in January? We have been hybrid since we went back in August. Um, we've never had a virtual moment that whole time. Um, we're going back hybrid as of right now, but districts are dropping like flies around my area right now. So I wouldn't be at all shocked if we end up going back as a virtual situation. But right now we're hybrid. Um, and so I'm teaching half size classes in person every day. So it's a normal teaching day for me, except the classes are half size. 
um, which in a way, as a as a teacher, um, it's a little bit sad because we're all in masks, you know, but like, um, but teaching hybrid in person, and then I'm also having to put virtual resources up online for my kids that are on their off days at home, so that they're getting their special experience on their off days. So that piece has been literally crazy to plan. But I think I'm finally kind of finding that niche of when to add what and how to do the lesson planning. Mm-hmm. So I think we're kind of getting it. For your kids on their off days, do you do videos or do you do like Zoom lessons or what are you doing for them? Since we're hybrid, there there's no um, synchronous expectation. We're, so we're doing all asynchronous things so that we're not having to like double, te- yeah. basically have two jobs at the same time. Um, but I do a lot of pre-recorded lessons and then I do a ton of digital products for them to use. So my kids do virtual field trips, musical virtual field trips all the time. They do boom cards a lot. They do Google Slides a lot. They do, um, my fifth graders in particular, do like a bunch of like longer term projects. So we just finished one with um, uh, Tour Creator, which is a virtual reality kind of like software that Google has out for free that the kids use to take us on a tour of like, like a global tour of a different place. I also am super into STEM and STEAM teaching. So I teach a lot of coding and I take the coding and turn it into sound engineering and the kids do a lot of that starting as early as first grade. So we have like a bunch of different virtual things we do um, in a hybrid way and also in the classroom. So. Interesting. There's so many things that you just said that I'm like, a lot there. Yeah, I <laughs> have not tried any of those things. So I'm excited um, for your kids while they're in school. How is that going? And like for your district, everyone seems to have different expectations as far as like whether or not you can sing and instruments and just all those mm-hmm. things. So what are like the expectations in the classroom? Well, uh, we are not allowed to use instruments. If we do, they have to go into like a 14 day quarantine. And you know, that's basically impossible because like you can't have instruments with one first grade class and then the rest of the kids don't get them because they're in quarantine. So we don't have instruments. Um, we're not supposed to sing. We're not really even supposed to move. I like, basically keep to those rules with a little bit of bending here and there so that I can teach anything. Um, but what my goal has been through hybrid has been to do, cause I'm Kodai trained. So like I've been doing kind of a typical ish Kodai lesson, the first half of my 50 minute period. And then the second half of my 50 minute period has been um, like a virtual activity. So then at that point I might say, okay, break out the Chromebook. We're going into Starbucks mode, which I can talk about that if you want. Um, and then we're going to do a virtual field trip for 20 minutes or whatever. And then I'll walk around and the kids have like different rules in Starbucks mode. Like they're allowed to sit where they, like they're allowed to change up their seat as long as they're still six feet distant. Um, they're allowed to sit in chairs as long as we sanitize afterwards. And they're allowed to bring headphones and listen to background music that I've uploaded to like a safe space for them. And they're allowed to go there and listen to background music. So they do that usually for the last 20 minutes. And then while they're doing that, I kind of take that time to sanitize what they were in the first half of the class and kind of let that whatever we did singing or moving kind of like die down. Because one of our district rules has been if you do singing, you can't have any other singing or moving in the space for 20 minutes. So this has been our like our antidote to that, I guess. It's just half normal class, normal-ish class, and then half kind of virtual experience. That is a really good idea. I have not heard of that before. So uh, what I'm, I will be in the building for the first time since March 
when we go back mm-hmm. in January. So I'm like, okay. now I need all the things about being actually in yeah. person. Um, really interesting. So the um, music that you upload, where do you upload that to? My district has a thing called TangiTube. Um, so that's what I've been using because like my, I work for a district that like created their own safe YouTube thing. So that's okay. what we use. But I have heard of things like SafeTube and SchoolTube and stuff like that. I don't use it because I kind of have my own little thing the district provides. But what I would do is go to YouTube, mm-hmm. find like type in something like instrumental jazz background music or coffee shop music or something that's like going to be school appropriate. And then take that link, convert it to a SchoolTube link, and then link that inside of like a Google Drive thing and put it on the drive. And I usually would call it like background music choices and then they're all linked and then they can like clip it and go and listen for the whole time they love it it's also a really good way if you're doing a composer unit you can like throw in a whole bunch of their music and be like while you're doing this project about Mazorski, also listen to all this Mazorski music that's really cool um thank you for that tip as well Mm -hmm. are you in your classroom or are you in the kids classrooms I am in my classroom, thank God. Um, I have a lot of friends who are in the kids' classrooms, and you're going to make it. <laughs> It'll be okay. But I'm in my own classroom, thank goodness, at the moment. And so we have little dots that are six-foot spaced, and right now we don't have any classes over 12 kids. The classes have all been cut in half, and so I have 12 dots that are all spaced out. Kids know where to go. They come right in. They sit on their dot, and then they get started with the day. Do they bring their Chromebooks with them? Yes, because I used to have, I have 10 iPads in the classroom and I have 10 Chromebooks that live in my room that I got on a grant. Um, but then when this all happened, the principal was like, we need every device we can. Sorry, I'm taking your Chromebooks. And I was like, that's cool. So they have had their Chromebooks. My Chromebooks have been in other classrooms for the year. So then I just have like a blanket statement that I'm like, if your kids come to music, they come with Chromebooks. We may or may not use them, but they're coming every time. So I don't have to like constantly send emails like, bring a Chromebook this that's just too much to keep track of so it's just like a blanket bring them statement that's very smart where do you have them store them while they're in I have um because I can't use countertops because of COVID it's crazy so what I did was I took like plus signs made out of electrical tape and I made like plus signs around the perimeter of my room six foot apart and each kid has a dot and a designated plus sign. So if a kid comes to my room with paraphernalia, they put their stuff on their plus sign and then they set their bodies on their dot. And if I do a whole lesson where they don't need their stuff, it just stays on their plus sign to the end. They pick it up and leave. Mm-hmm. And if I need them to get it, including their pencil or whatever else, they can like stand up, go get their stuff, and then come back to their dots and work on it. That's really clever. Like. And actually, I cannot take credit for that because it was my maternity sub who thought that up. And I've just been like loving her for that. Yeah, that's great. I was laughing when you said we can't use countertops because of COVID. I'm like, wow, things that would not have made sense a year ago. Countertops. Like, we cannot use countertops in my classroom. <laughs> crazy. Uh, crazy. All right. Um, so what are some of your favorite like lesson ideas that either virtual or in person, just what are like some of your favorite things that you have done? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm going to start with things that are going to be relevant because the last things we did were nutcracker crazy. Like we did so much nutcracker. We did a virtual field trip to the nutcracker. I did an interactive storybook with the nutcracker with my little kids. They loved it but that's over. So focusing on January, I have a new product that 
I made last year when I wasn't a TPT seller and the kids were crazy about it. So I like repurposed it into a, like a cute TPT met like place. And I just listed it on TPT and we're going to do it again this year. It's the best original song project for the Oscars. And the older elementary kids are literally crazy about this because I take like five songs that are nominated or potentially going to be nominated for the best original song at the Oscars this year. And I like put them in this presentation. I embedded the YouTube videos. This year, there's like a song from the new Trolls movie. There's a song from Jingle Jangle. There's like all these various songs from the new movies that came out. And then I created like a listener's log in the Google Slides thing. So the presentation looks like they watch one of the song nominees. So for example, the song from Jingle Jangle, watch it in its entirety, go to the next slide. And then there's all these like listener questions like, what would be your star rating? What do you think was the mood? What instruments did you hear? What were the dynamics that you heard in this piece, et cetera? And they like fill all that out. They go to the next slide, listen to the next song and they go all the way to the end. And then the final song is a link to a Jamboard where they can click onto this like interactive Jamboard platform, which is a, if you don't know about that, it's basically like interactive whiteboards that are being hosted by Google. It's fairly new. They go there and they make a sticky note and they post their official prediction for winner of best original song. And then I circle back to that lesson. What I try to do is I time it right the week before the Oscars. Then we all watch the Oscars if they're so inclined. And then we come back together. I kind of like pull up the Jamboard for everybody to see. And I'm like, these are all your predictions. The winner was this thing. And then we take a second to like talk about all the different musical elements that we discussed. So like I generally dive into mood and I talk about instruments and I use it as like a, um, as an introduction to instruments of the orchestra, because I focus on that a lot in upper elementary. Um, so that's one of my favorites that we do in person. And I also would assign it virtually because it would be easy to do it that way because it's all hosted on Google Slides. Um, I talked a little bit about Starbucks mode. This has been literally a life changer for me because my upper elementary kids are so engaged with this. And I have a template that I use, actually a slides presentation that's on my TPT store so you can get it for your own classroom and it has like it's all like aesthetically designed to look like a Starbucks or a Dunkin or like I have like a Chick-fil-A thing it's like this whole thing because my kids are into whatever they're into I make a thing for it um but anyway it's like the assignment it's got a box for the assignment so they know what they're working on and then there's a box for guidelines and it says like um this is a Starbucks don't be a weirdo and talk to strangers stick to your own thing um, is one of the guidelines. One of the guidelines is like, um, you know, find your spot, choose your music, sit down, work on this project, like stay focused. So like all these different guidelines that they follow and they know what Starbucks mode is. They love it. And so if they come in and I'm like, okay, first we're going to sing whatever song we're going to do. Da, 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 da. And then when we're done with that lesson, we're going to go to in Starbucks mode for 15 minutes because they're like, Woohoo, that's awesome. And then I'll like pull up the presentation on the board. I'll turn off the lights. I'll play like thing they're into, like Taylor Swift or whatnot, on in the background for them to listen to. If they don't want to listen to their own music, they're allowed to bring headphones to my class. And then they like go to their spot, put their headphones on, pull up whatever I've assigned. What I would assign during that time is maybe like a virtual field trip. You can find those on my TPG store. They're about anything. Like I have virtual field trips to the zoo and virtual field trips to the farm and to Disney World and all over the place. The Harry Potter World and Universal, I have one for that. So they go there, they do the activities. It's all virtual, they really like it. Um, I would also assign Zoom cards during that time. I have a bunch of clickable um, Google Slides games. I would assign those during that time. We are obsessed 
obsessed with Incredibox in my classroom, like Incredibox.com. If you have not checked that out and you're a music teacher, please listen to me. Go do that. Your kids will love it. It's like the best engagement tool. I also, like I said, teach a lot of coding. So at this point, I might assign, like, I have a coding hyperdoc that's like a Google Doc. Um, it's basically a choice board, essentially. And the kids sit down and they like pick a thing on the choice board and they complete it. And I have like exactly what I want them to do. And then when they're done, they know to color, like fill it in with a color. Mm -hmm. And then every day during Starbucks mode, they would fill, I would say, you know, by the end of this time, I want you to have filled in two boxes on your hyperdoc. And then we would do that each time I see them. That's a pretty long winded response, but that's kind of some of the stuff that that I do. Um, so the podcast people can't see this, but if you notice that I was kind of like looking past you, I was, I have your TPT store pulled up because I wanted to check out the, now I've already forgotten what it was. The first thing that you were talking about, the best original song um, yeah. project. Cause it just looks so cool. You have so many fun things on here, but that was such a really helpful response. And I love the idea of like the Starbucks mode. It makes like mm-hmm. doing work seem a little more fun. Um, so yeah. Maybe if you're, you're fifth grade girls, like I have like a Keurig in my classroom and I will like, when we go to Starbucks mode, if it's time, I'll like go over there and like brew myself a cup of coffee and like walk around and be like, what's your working on girl? And they're like all into that. And they're like, Hey, Mrs. Cars, like love your outfit. And like, it like lets you connect with them. Cause they like yeah. think you're so cool. Cause you're talking about Starbucks or whatever. Like, it's hilarious. so funny. Um, where do you assign the resources? Do you have like a oh, great question? Or I wish I had a Google Classroom. My school uses Schoology, much to my dismay, because I don't like Schoology. But like, if you haven't love it, great. I hate it, um, but I have to use it because that's what the district bought for us. So Schoology, it is. Um, but if you don't have Schoology, you could um, use Seesaw if your district uses that or um, Classroom. If you don't have anything and you need to make one, I definitely recommend Classroom because the most, like Google integrates best with Google Classroom. So I would say like make a Google Classroom for your kids if your school doesn't like have one ready for you. I've also heard really great things about Canvas, but I think your district has to buy that. I'm not sure. We use, um, I can't even think of what it's called because we've been out of school for a week. We use, it's called It's Learning. Um, Oh, Never heard of that one. We used Google Classroom last year, and I will say I liked it a lot. It it just I feel like Google Classroom is very intuitive; like it's easy to use. This one takes a little more effort, which means anytime we do anything, it's like we spend twenty minutes trying to find it, which is very. That's how Schoology is. I feel like I have to be like, okay, kids, here's the place that I link this. Now let me show you fifty five steps for you getting there. Like it's the worst, but you know they pick it up. They're smart. Yeah, they, they definitely are getting better, but um, yeah, I usually, so I'm still online. So I'll like share my screen and I walk them through cause I can like change it to yes. a student mode, which is kind of cool. Cause then they can see what they're going to see. And so I like show them how to do it. And then I get off and they're like, I can't find it. Yes. <laughs> so I oh my if, gosh. Yeah. So if y'all are in that same situation, I have found the best thing to do is to have them share their screen and then I walk them through. And once um like one or two kids who are really struggling will do that. And then the other ones can like watch it. And then usually after that, we're fine. Um, yes. But that I did a, um, recently. I did a Schoology tour video at the beginning of the year where I screencastified myself being like, okay, kids get ready for this and like walk them through 
everything about my Schoology course. And that has been a lifesaver because whenever a kid is like, oh, I can't find it, da, 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 I'm like, have you watched the Schoology tour video? Because don't talk to me until you have. And every time they go watch it, they're like, I got it, thanks. Uh, but if you, if you do have Schoology, if you are unfortunate enough to be using Schoology, I made a bunch of Schoology buttons um, to make it pretty to look at. Um, specifically made for elementary music teachers. Um, I think they're a dollar on my store. So if you want them, check them out. I also made them, I think, for Google Sites, if you have a Google site. Schoology buttons? Mm-hmm. Okay. I will link that below. I'll find it. I have many things to link now, but it's all good. You do. You're going to be Googling like crazy. <laughs> Well, you know, if it's mostly in your store, then I can just use the little search in your store. That's true. That makes it pretty easy. Um, it's easy to find things that way, actually, I have found. Even yeah. for my things, when people ask me for a link, I, like, go in that I, like, search my store. Yeah, I'm getting to that place, too, where I have so many products in my store that I have to, like, work to find them. Yeah. Yeah, I have, like, 350. Dang. Oh, my gosh, that's impressive. I just got to 90-something, and I'm like, whoa, boy, that was hard work. Well, then you will be there soon because you're, it's only been a few months. So it'll, it'll happen sooner than you think. It wasn't like, you know, let me make 350 products. It just, yes. you know, it's like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do this. And then I was like, wow, that's a lot. Um, yes. So <laughs> there's that. Um, so I will link that below. What was the point of that whole little tangent? <laughs> um, so those are really, really good, fun things. Are you... For the rest of your class that you're doing more of like the Kodai kind of thing, do you have any, um, how do I say this, accommodations for things that would typically be games where you're running around the room or are mm. you just avoiding those or any of, what do you? Yeah, that's been like the biggest bummer, I think, of this whole thing. So if you teach Kodai, you know, the games are the hook. Like, because like nobody wants to sit there and be like, okay, let's do Soulfish. I mean, maybe there are kids that want to and more power to them. But mostly, I feel like when we are doing Soulfish, the kids are like, I will do this and give it my best because I know I'm about to play XYZ game that I love. Um, and so it's been a bummer to have those kind of go by the wayside. And if you're a Kodai purist, this might make you like clutch your pearls, what I'm about to say. But like, I am not a Kodai purist. I'm like, what the kids want, I will do because I want the kids to love music and that's it. That's all that matters to me. And um, so like if I'm teaching Kookaburra, which is not even a Kodai song, but whatever, we do that because it's got whatever element in it. I forget right now, take a take Um, And so if I'm teaching that song, I have a specific game that I made up that is not the actual game, but is allows us to keep six foot distance. Um, and I'll explain it real quick because my kids love it. Um, we sing the song, whatever. And as we're doing that, it's basically a version of Night at the Museum, but um, I do it like zookeeper and kookaburras. So mm -hmm. all the kids are kookaburras, and then the zookeeper is in the middle of the room. And the rule is that the kookaburras have to keep six foot distance from each other. I happen to have a big enough room that as long as I have my 12 kids, they can easily stay distanced. And I just kind of observe and watch like, and say like, so-and-so and so-and-so, distance, whatever, and just like call it out so we can stay safe. Um, but anyway, the kookaburras will like, go all around the room. The zookeeper, when they're looking, when he's looking directly at the kookaburra kids, they are frozen. But when the zookeeper turns his back, the kids are supposed to move like crazy, just like an exhibit at the night at the museum. Um, and then when the zookeeper turns around and looks, they freeze again. And if the zookeeper sees them move, then they're out and they sit down. 
and we play till one kid is left. And if we still have time, we'll play another round where that kid is then the zookeeper. My kids love this game. And that's just an example of like, I, if the game doesn't work anymore, I just kind of like take a minute to go, one, is there a way that I can modify this to allow it to be safe? And if not, zhuzh it around a little bit and make it work for the song. Um, I think right now, like, I don't want to have to abandon my song. And I also don't want the kids to have to be like bored because they never get to play games. So mm -hmm. I'm willing to kind of bend what is traditional in Kodai in order to be able to like do it to the best of its ability under these circumstances. Yeah, that is so, that's such a good idea. So I, um, I teach children's church on Sundays and mm -hmm we play museum, which is basically that where they're all being statues and it is yeah. their favorite. Like that is the one that they will ask for every single week. And I love it because it's quiet <laughs> because they're supposed to be frozen. So it's really, it's really, and they can, you know, do it themselves. So that's really fun. We, um, so I had thought about using it with kookaburra. So I'm totally going to steal that. We did a similar activity with, um, five fat turkeys at Thanksgiving mm -hmm. where, um, they're all the turkeys and then we do it almost like freestand. So like I was playing my ukulele. Usually I play the piano and I'll play the song, but I was just playing the ukulele because I was sitting here in my house. Um, and right. So, um, and while I'm playing, they walk around and then when I stop, then they have to freeze. And if they move, then the cook gets them and cooks them and eats them. And yes, I do say oh, that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. So that's a little that's fun season, but it's still super, super fun. And we do it, um, so like we'll do the song first and then we'll do it. So you could do that with any animal that gets eaten, I guess. <laughs> any song that you have with that. Yes. The I other things I found that are like still working pretty well for me that I used to do um, is write the room activities where you like hide the flashcards <laughs> with the rhythm patterns all around the room and the kids find them and write them on the lines or whatever. Um, we use those before. They still are working now. I just have a rule where I'm like, if you see a kid, add a flashcard you have to wait until they've walked all the way away before you walk up and then I also have a rule that you can't pick the flashcard up so that they're not like touching the same thing it's complex but it's working um the other thing that's still working pretty well for me is um gallery walks I use those for um composer of the month activities and so I'll take like um like fun facts about the composer mm -hmm. and I'll put them up all around the room and then the kids listen to the music of that composer and have like a piece of paper where they're like recording facts and they'll go around and record facts around about the um, composer and usually like look at different like portraits of the composer or whatever during their gallery walk. And then we'll all come back together and kind of discuss what we learned on that. That's still working for me pretty well because they're able to keep that distance. But it is crazy trying to find stuff that like, yeah, I think you'll probably find when you go back, it's like, oh my gosh, 80% of my stuff is no longer like safe. I've got to just like pivot and figure this out. It's crazy. Yeah, my um. So my big thing is usually centers, and yes, I love. Mm -hmm. We can't really do centers. I mean, we can still do like some of the activities we would do, but they're not going to be like true centers, which is really sad to me because I just love usually. So I see my kids like every day for a week. Um, very strange. It is what it is, but usually I'll have one. Wow, that's crazy, right? Um, so usually with the older kids, I'll have one day that's a centers day. So like. Yeah. They just come in. I tell them we're doing these three activities and then we do that. And it's so nice to have that day because they can talk to each other and chill. Yes. Yes. It's easier for me because I don't have to be like up and, you know, moving and dancing the whole time. Yes. Um, so just love it. So I'm like 
I don't know what we're going to do without centers. I know. I'm, I mourned the end of centers, too, because I'm loving them. And out of curiosity, what do you usually do for your centers? Because I usually have, like, a Chromebook center, a reading center, a smart board center, and then two activity centers. But I feel like I need to, like, change it up. What do you usually do? So my centers, I usually do three centers, but I do two of each. So I have – there's six oh. stations, but there's only three activities – um, because just by the time they get in and I tell them what we're doing and we switch and all that, I just found that three is like the magic yes. get through three. Um, so one station is in the front with me and that's like our differentiated station where we'll work gotcha. whatever concepts we're working through that week, um, yeah. which is also really awesome because I actually get to like sit and talk to them and there's less so you can like really um, work through and like when we do recorders, we usually will work on recorders there. Yes. And then um, the other two will be other things. So typically one will be something they turn in. So it's usually like a worksheet or we love, love color by notes. Those are always a yes. hit. Um, yes. I'm trying to make a digital version of that and I'm struggling, but we're going to get there. I, I've, I've tried and I'm like, I can't, I just haven't quite figured out how to do that yet. And I like that because then um, you don't have to explain them very much. So like, yeah, I usually have, you know, here you're with me. So I'm going to tell you over there, you're doing a worksheet. So it's easy. And then the other one will be a little more complicated and it's usually either composition or like a game. We do a lot of kaboom games. I have those, in my TPT shop where they're like pulling out yeah. cards and they have to identify um, matching games. We love those lots of mm-hmm. like, I'll give them rhythm cards and percussion instruments and they have to like make their own rhythm with the rhythm cards and yeah. So just lots of that kind of stuff is usually our go-to. That's really good. That gave me lots of ideas for centers whenever we get them back. Whenever we get them back. Yeah. So again, that's another thing that I'm like, oh, we can't do that. But I like the Starbucks, but we could do, you know, some of the things. Yes. I also started doing digital escape the room games that are all hosted on Google Forms. I have one on my TPC store. It's called Math and Music Escape the Room. Um, And what I do for that is I post... I post like signs around the room that have like lock one, lock two, lock three, lock four, lock five. And in the form, they have to get to the first lock to get to the second lock. And I have them in teams of, in this case with hybrids, I would do like probably four teams of three. And so the, they, the teams have to like stay distanced from each other, like in little triangles, but they can work together. Um, and they like kind of talk to each other. So on the first lock, I think on my, on that particular game, it's like a Morse code thing. And so I give like clues to an instrument. And then I say, this is the name of the instrument. And then they have a Morse code, like um, image of like what the, what it is. And they like decipher it and they figure out the word is whatever. I don't know what instrument it was. And they put that in a break lock one. And then they're allowed to walk to the second lock, even though it's a digital thing, they're allowed to walk to the second spot in the room and their computer just like lets them through to the second lock on the form. And they fill, figure that out and they keep going all around the room till they get through all five blocks. And that particular game is paperless. because so I don't have, I don't have to put anything out or like worry about like clean pins, dirty pins, like all that stuff. Um, it's all just completely digital on the form, but it's something that feels normal ish. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be good. I'm doing that my first week back with my fifth graders. So I can report back on how that goes. But I think it's going to be good. That sounds like fun. So what do you put on the walls in that case? I just have these signs that just has like a lock and it says lock one. And I just okay. put it on one of my walls. So none of the information is on the walls. It's all on the Google forms. 
all on the form. Yep. And you wouldn't even have to do the signs. They could just do it from their seats or they could space out and you could have each kid do it individually or in teams. It works a bunch of different ways. Um, but I just tell them like, when you're done, if you make it through by the end of this class, I'm going to take a picture of you and then I'll have like a winner's wall. And then the next week I have all the kids that got through in one class, like on this winner's wall, Google slide. And I just put it in my Schoology class and it's just sitting there. And so if the kids are like all proud, they can show their parents like, look, I did this thing in class last week. So it's cool. That's a really good idea because I was trying to think like, you know, what can your reward be for finishing? But that would be a really yep. easy thing, but would also be exciting for them. So that's a really good idea. Yes. I also have the mini erasers. Mini erasers are like my classroom currency. And so they get a mini eraser if they make it all the way through. That's fun. Well, I love, I've been, I want to do an escape the room game, but I haven't been able to figure out like the logistics of it yet. So maybe we'll mm-hmm. try that. We're going to do, um, an opera unit when we go back. So we'll see. Oh, fun. Oh my gosh. You have to tell me how that goes. Cause that sounds awesome. Yes. I'm excited. I've done an opera unit with like, um, first, second and third grade, but this one's going to be for fourth and fifth. So I have to kind of like mm-hmm. rejig things to figure out, you know, how to get the older kids into it. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be an adventure, but I'm excited for, it. I love opera. So I'm like totally nerd out about it. <laughs> so, totally same. Totally same. Yeah. So really fun. Um, any other ideas? Um, I would say the only other thing that I'm like really finding tons of success on right now is STEM and STEAM teaching. Um, I have a whole STEM unit on my TPT store that actually I made in conjunction with Aileen, um, for her like monthly membership thing. Um, and on there, I have that coding choice board I talked to you about. I have the math and music escape the room. I have this junkyard composing Google Slides game, um, Lego engineering game for rhythms, like all this kind of stuff. Um, The kids love it. Number one, it's really engaging for the kids. And then number two, like you as a teacher, this gives you something that you can like really just like shout from the rooftops to like your admin, to your parents. Because like this is kind of like the buzzwords of education right now. So Mm -hmm. it's really like helpful, I think, to be able to say like, we're doing STEM learning in our classroom and here's how we're doing it. Like I'm incorporating engineering in this way and tech in this way and math in this way. And um, just kind of helps you to like, I don't know, kind of stay in that conversation because I do think sometimes as music teachers, we get sidelined in a way that's like not fair because our, our content really can just incorporate so much. And I think that STEAM is something to advocate for as music educators because that critical A, the arts in STEM, um, that makes it steam is really important because that helps us stay relevant with the direction that education is taking right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so I like really try to press into STEM and steam learning so that we can like just kind of advocate for that in the future. Yeah, that's awesome. What are some examples of things that you do with your STEM learning? We do a big coding unit in the third grade that the third graders love and they build their own rock band and then code it to perform. And what's really cool is you don't have to do it at all. It's already hosted on our code. So like you go into ourcode.com, search up music. There's something that says like build your own band or something like that. Link it to the kids. And then that activity has task cards as a PDF that you can print off from that website. Like I laminate them. So I have them every year and then I hand them out to each, I like have 12 copies and I hand them out to the kids. I'll have to think of how to do that in a sanitary way this year. But then the kids take their task cards and they work through those physical task cards to code their band. 
And then when they're done, they can download the song that they made and upload it to their Schoology, their classroom, their whatever. It is the coolest unit because it allows me to then at the end be like, hey, check this out. You could do this. I also have a really cool um, sound engineering project that I haven't like put on TPT yet, but I'll, I'll try to focus on doing that soon um, where I take a short clip that doesn't have any sound and I have the kids use an online sound recorder in their Chromebooks to record sound in time with the clip and then layer the soundless clip and the clip that they recorded audio for on top of each other, upload that as an unlisted link to YouTube, and then we watch them. The that, creators go bonkers for that. That you're like blowing my mind. I love, love, love all, all the things you're saying. And it's giving me so many ideas that I'm like, we need to try that. We need to try that. It's so fun. And for yeah. you too, it's like, it's more chill, you know, like when you're like supervising, I don't know about you, but man, at the end of the day, when I'm teaching full code lessons every single hour, oh boy, you're tired. Yeah, that's why. That's why I just told you when we do centers, I'm like, oh, we have like one day where it's like just a little more yes. chill, and like for me, it's just so nice to have just just have that one day. And yeah, yeah. One thing I've found actually through distance learning is that I don't have to make everything like we don't have to be moving and dancing the whole time. Like, yes, I still love that. Exactly. Yeah. But there's been a lot of lessons the kids have loved that have been like super chill. Yeah. And it also helps you differentiate between the yeah. different kinds of learners, you know, cause there's some kids that are like, woohoo, let's dance. And then there are some kids that are like, I actually learn better yeah. on a more like student choice oriented kind of a lesson. Yeah. So a lot of times, especially if I'm not sure, <laughs> cause I'm still, well, I don't know. I'm something, but we have been virtual. So I'll just say like in the chat, type to me privately and just tell me like, did you like that lesson? Did you not like it? I was like, completely honest. So, you know, I know what to do, what we should do next week. And the ones that I have been like the most worried they weren't going to like have been the ones that they were like, that was so much fun. Like, I love that. It was so good. So that's, yeah, this year has just been teaching us all the, yeah, learning a lot. But I will say, I think there's some things that I learned this year that I will, that will change my teaching forever. Like there are ways that I have grown as a teacher this year, especially in terms of like providing student choice, less like direct instruction and more kind of differentiated instruction. And I'll use that forever. Plus like, I'm not as burnt out, honestly, because like, I'm not doing as much of that direct instruction. And I'm just like, I'm not as burnt out as I was before. So like, that's been really nice. And I'll definitely be bringing that into the future for me so that I can like build in that rest in my teaching day while still giving the kids that quality instruction. Yeah. That's really awesome. Um, do you have any, I think I ask everyone this, do you have any favorite like books that you use with your classes? We could. Yes, absolutely. Um, first of all, it's over now, but, um, what's her name? Any book illustrated by Emma Randall. She made, um, the Over the River and Through Through the Woods songbook that I'm totally obsessed with. Love it. Um, also, there's a What a Wonderful World songbook that I'm obsessed with. I forget who the uh, illustrator is on that, but I can send you the link for it on Amazon. Um, I also love all the John Lithgow books. Crazy about those. Those are super fun. And also Jazzfly. It's always killer. Okay. Jazzfly. And what was John Lithgow? Right. Lit. I think it's L-I-T-H-G-O. No, that's not it. I don't know. Oh, we'll have like, to look that up. <laughs> I kind of threw that one out at you because I just, yeah. I love the books. So 
that's good. another way to get a little more rest in your days is to have yes. story time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I have some virtual classroom, Bitmo- like Bitmoji virtual classrooms mm-hmm. full of singing read alouds. And right now I have them listed for, like I have a winter one, a kindergarten, a first grade, and a second grade one. I love those because I'll put them up on my smart board and they'll just have like these book covers and the book covers link to somebody else doing the singing read aloud. Why don't we invent the wheel, right? So like, I'll be like, hey kids, which of these do you want to do? And then they'll vote and we'll pick one. And if I've had like a really like crazy period, that gives you like five minutes to zen out for a second at the end of the period. That's really good. And I like how you said someone else's video because there's tons out there so you don't have to do it all yourself. Exactly. Yeah. It's really good. I love it. Well, um, we have been chatting for a long time. So we have really been chatting. (laughs) Is there um, anything else you want to share with us? Um, The only thing I would say is like, the fact that you guys as music teachers that are listening right now, the fact that you're even tuning into this to try to enhance your practice makes you a great teacher. So like, if you are worried that you're not doing a good job right now, you are doing a good job right now. You're doing the best you can under the circumstances. And by trying to learn, like you should feel great about that. And if you have bad days, they're just bad days. It doesn't make you a bad teacher or a bad person. You're doing your best with what you have. Go you. Yeah, that's so good. And I love how you said earlier, um, the goal is to have kids love music. And so if we kind of keep that front and center, especially right now, that just really helps. you know, because like, I know for me, I haven't had very good attendance with my virtual mm-hmm. classes. So I realized the other day I was like, most of my, I haven't seen most of my second graders all year. So when we get yeah. back to seeing everyone, like they're going to be so far behind because of all that. But if I just kind of keep that, like the goal is for you to love music kind of front and center, that yes. helps put everything else in perspective. So if y'all are in the same boat where you're like, no one knows anything. Cause I haven't seen anybody. Um, yes. just really focus on that and like the rest will come. And the good thing about being an elementary music teacher is that typically you will have the same kids next year. So if they're behind, you can catch them up and it'll be fine. That is right. Absolutely. And I feel like social emotional learning takes place in the music room all the time. And that is every bit as important as learning music. So like, you know, even if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not nailing every bit of the curriculum. You're still teaching the kids really important stuff. Yeah. And sometimes all they need is like to use a different part of their brain than they would be, you know, singing and doing math or other things because music is still learning, but it's just very different. So could not agree more. Providing that different experience can be really helpful for them, especially right now with all the crazy. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for being here. I'm going to link to all the things. I think I caught everything that you mentioned. So I'm going to link to all the things below in the description. And if people want to come find you, where can they connect with you? The biggest place to connect with me is on my Instagram account. It's at Joyful Noise Teaching. I'm on there every day. These stories every single day. I'm constantly hanging out there. So if you have any questions about anything I mentioned and I can help you, uh, by all means, hit me up on Instagram. My store on TBT is also Joyful Noise Teaching. Um, I'm Joyful Noise Teaching on Facebook and on Pinterest. So you can find me anywhere. Um, but I'm mostly over on Instagram. So hit me up there. Yeah. And I will link to um, your Instagram and TBT shop and your website down below as well. But 
for, you know, absolutely. Like, like, just remember joyful. Yeah. Noise. I also have a bunch of um, free digital resources um, for signing up for my email list. And to find that, it's bit.ly slash joyful noise teaching. So feel free to type that in and grab some freebies that you can use this week. That would be awesome. And I will also put that in the description. So just everything, everything will be linked below. <laughs> Perfect. That'll be good. Well, thank you so much for being here and all those. I love the really specific things and advice. That's always what I'm after is like, how can we have like really concrete things you can do next week? So thank you so much for sharing all of those ideas with us. And I appreciate it. My pleasure. It's so fun to be here. I'll see you later. Thank you.